Hello and welcome back to another episode of Film for Impact. I'm your host, DJ Renuka. I'm so glad that you're here. Film for Impact is a place where industry professionals and creatives come together to talk about how they are using their art to create impact in the world. I hope that it's a place that you can find inspiration and motivation as you go on your own creative journey and start to put out into the world the things that you believe that you're called to put out there. You know, when it comes to this creative work, which I call our God work, I feel like it's our most authentic calling and our identity as humans that we were created to create because we were created in God's image. I really want this podcast to be a source of motivation, inspiration, practical, logistical advice for you and just a way to build community with other creatives and other people on this journey as well. Before I jump into our episode, I want to let you know that you can join my weekly letter called The Creative Spirit. In the letter, you'll receive weekly inspiration and motivation that you can actually apply to your journey. I also share behind the scenes of my life as an actor and filmmaker and what I've been up to and how my creative process is going. In the newsletter, you'll also find out about new content, new podcasts, new opportunities, ways to even work with me on my projects as well. So I highly suggest that you sign up for that and the link is down below. So let's get into it. Today, uh, we will be talking with DeMarc Thompson, who is an actor out of LA. He was born in Washington, D.C. and was raised between D.C. and Maryland, where he attended school and church regularly. He was into sports and studied martial arts at a very young age, moved into track and field, held records that are still held today. This really informed him on the importance of practice, dedication, and accountability. He's also a proud graduate of Coppin State University in Baltimore, Maryland. In this episode, we're going to dive into his story, what happened in 2011 that got him started on this journey as an actor. Also in 2013, how the journey with his mother after she was diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor, um, how that impacted him and his faith walk. So I'm really excited for you to meet DeMarc. He has a purpose-driven life and a promise to keep and has come too far to turn back now. I know that you're gonna be inspired. When I listened back to this episode, I found myself emotional at times, very convicted at times about the calling that I have as a creative, and I know you will too. DeMarc and I met at the American Black Film Festival this past summer, and even in that meeting, it was me taking a leap of faith to put myself out there to try to say hello to the people at the festival and not let my introversion get the better of me. And that led to getting to know DeMarc, getting to know an amazing person, and having this podcast, and then being able to share his wonderful spirit with you. Without further ado, let's get into the episode of Film for Impact. Hello, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited about this conversation. Thank you, Deja. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you. Yes. So we met at ABFF. It's been a few weeks. What was your experience? Uh, It's always a wonderful experience to go to ABFF. Always a blessing to meet new people and to learn uh, new things about the industry and to learn what's upcoming. But the main thing about ABFF is because it's so intimate and given that we, I think I read there was a total of 7,000 people there for ABFF. Yeah, they sent out a note yesterday thanking everyone for for coming, 7,000 folks. Um, But when you think about it, we were so, so much in an intimate setting that we can bump into anyone at any given moment. So 
that concentration of writers, producers, directors, actors, and everyone and anyone else in the business in that area was wonderful to be in and to meet so many people, the likes of you and other directors who actually won HBO, um, HBO shorts, and those who were just, you know, entered in it as well. I mean, it's, it's like a smorgasbord for anyone in our industry. Yeah, it was really wonderful. And it was really great to meet you. I was actually coming back from the white party and I saw you in the hotel dressed in white. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to be saying hi to people who are wearing the ABFF tag, who are dressed in white. And so you were so gracious um, to have a conversation with me, a stranger out of the blue. And you were so inspiring. That's one thing I noticed about you. You're very gracious, very inspiring. Um, I, and I would just say you're a great, you're a graceful person and have this warmth around you that's very peaceful. And so um, it was just a blessing to talk to you. So, okay, so I wanna really dive into your story. For those of you listening, you are gonna be so inspired. Um, let's let's kind of start, with, what were you doing before you got into acting? Cybersecurity. So I worked um, in Intel and Counter Intel in Washington, D.C., where I was born and raised, born and raised in um, the DMV area. And I was in an area that you had to have a level of clearance even to walk into. So, <laughs> you know, I was I was on that level, level of government work. And a friend of mine who lived in New York at the time sent an email to me saying, hey, this production is looking for tall athletic guys. And I thought about you. And I met her through some modeling we've done together in DC. So I was like, oh, okay, you know what? I respond to it. I mean, I have a headshot and I just send them an email. So I responded. They responded back. They're like, hey, come to Philly. We're gonna have an audition and we'll let you know after afterwards. It's like, okay, that's cool. After I responded to them, two days later, and they like, they sent a response saying, hey, you know, come to Philly and we'll audition you for a role. It's like, okay, great. So I drove from DC to Philly and they did tell me it was gonna take roughly two hours. That was my first audition for anything ever. And in my mind, it was like, wow, is that how long auditions take for film and television and the likes? So I, I was excited about it. Didn't, didn't even bother me one bit. So I drove up there uh, and got there at noon. Well, before noon, because it was from noon to 2 p.m. was the time slot that they'd given me. And sure enough, we started at noon and went through some drills and things and producers came down and other folks from wardrobe came down. So there were probably 15 people looking at us. And they, they monitored what we were doing, had commands and all, and all these other different things. At the end of it, they gave us a waiver. They said, if you get a waiver, um, we'll let you know if we can use you for the week. And if you don't, then just hang tough. So they started handing out waivers to, gosh, it was like over three quarters of the people there and I didn't get one. I was like, crap, they didn't like me. So <laughs> there were only five of us left. And we were like, you five, go upstairs. And we went upstairs, we tried on the costume, I held up the sign with my name on it, wrote my name on it. And it's like, okay, jeez, um, <laughs> it took our picture. Drove back to uh, DC afterwards and I just waited. It's like, all right, what's gonna happen? And a day later, they told me I booked the role. 
And it was for that film After Earth with Will Smith, Will and Jaden Smith. And I was one of the Rangers in that film directed by M. Night Shyamalan. So all this stuff is happening at the same time while I'm on set. And the very first person I met on set when I walked on was Will. I just happened to be looking over at this trailer outfitted as a gym. And I was like, this thing is magnificent. And he walks across me and says, morning, dude. And I was like, morning, Will Smith? <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. He's like, you look like one of, my, one of my rangers. It's like, I think that's what I am. He's like, come with me, we're going over here. And then you walked over to the, the area where they're gonna have us and film for a week. It was wonderful. And that's where the ball started rolling. So let's back up. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is a crazy first experience in this world, just right there, right with one of the biggest stars in the world. Um, so when you, you were getting the waivers mm -hmm. and it's going through your mind, okay, they didn't like me. Um, take me through the mental transition of like going upstairs. They're not really telling you at this point much. They're just... So take, take me through what you were thinking. At that moment, I was, in my mind, everyone who got a waiver were those who were going to come back. Everyone going upstairs were going to be told, hey, you know, you, you did well, um, but we will contact you later on or whatever. I was ready for that. I was not ready for, okay, try on this costume and then coming out and then them saying, okay, write your name on the board and then hold it up to your chest and smile. And it's like, okay. So I figured after that point, it's like, well, the rest of them didn't do that. And it was just five of us who did. So maybe there's a chance. And sure enough, that chance turned into a, well, that chance turned into an opportunity was turned into a role. So would you say that you took a leap of faith um, when your friend reached out to you and told you about this role, what was, what was that like when that opportunity that you weren't sure was an opportunity, just this right. glimmer thing, what kept you from saying, no, I'll, you know, I'll pass? Um, I think there's just the opportunity to work on a production because I knew, uh, and her name is Najibra, I knew she was doing big work in New York and she wouldn't send me anything small. And she was at all these jobs that she was getting, you know, they were big time. So when she sent it to me, it's like, well, if this is coming, if this is coming from her, this has got to be pretty substantial. And I read it. It's like, okay, in this casting office in, in Philly, it's like, wow, okay, all these big names that are jumping off of here. And um, it's like, you know, what, what do I have to lose? And that was my mentality. It's like, I have absolutely nothing to lose. They can say no. Well, they can say, yeah, you know, I'm six foot three and 217 pounds. They said they're looking for tall athletic guys. Well, here I am. <laughs> you know, I, I just went ahead and did it. And that, when, when the ball started rolling, more opportunities started to present themselves to where I was like, okay, I think I might like doing this. And the leap of faith came in July of 2013. The big one. Mm. Yeah. So take, yeah, take us through that the big leap of faith. Yeah. So this this is how it went in, in order. Um, my mom was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and this was terminal. 
So, you know, when you find that out about your mom, you're like, what in the world? You know, you're not prepared for a parent to die. No, you, no one prepares you for the death of anything or anyone. So to hear my mom, um, she, she pretty much accepted her fate. To hear her accept her fate and to watch this tumor take her mobility, her vision and her speech in two weeks. So I, in April 30th, I had of 2013, I had knee surgery. I had a torn meniscus. And on May 15th, 2015, I mean, 2013, my mom passed. Um, in that time period between me having surgery and her passing, we had one talk, one really long one. And there was no one else in the room. She asked me, was there anyone else in the room? Because she couldn't see at the time, just shapes. She said, that's all she saw. And I said, no one else is here. We had a really long talk. And she told me, she says, you can see life is short. I want you to pursue your dreams. Go after it. Don't hold back. Promise me you'll do this. And I'm sitting here looking, looking at her and listening to her. And I'm like, okay, mom, you're talking to me like you're about to die, which I can't accept. I'm not going to believe that. But I yes, I will make that promise to you. And she passed May, 13, May 15, 2013. And I left my job at the Department of Energy in July of 2013. So it wasn't even a full two months later. I threw two fingers in the air and I kept walking. I didn't look back. And that's where the leap of faith took off. So I couldn't do it anymore. Once I did that, it freed me to do other things. Like I did travel to North Carolina to film um, an episode of Revolution with Giancarlo Esposito. I did go to New York to film um, an episode of Hostages. I was there for three days, I believe. And then I filmed two weeks in Atlanta for um, the Hunger Games, Mockingjay. So I was a peacekeeper in that one, doing all the fighting, shooting, blowing up and dying and resurrecting and dying again. But um, in that time period, that's because it was working in me so much, I said, I have to make a larger leap of faith, a bigger one. And that's when I moved to Los Angeles on January 2nd, 2015. I think that's so beautiful. Um, as a mother, just pouring that wisdom into you and pouring her faith into you. Yeah. And um, that's so beautiful. Thank and you. that you were able to go ahead and throw those two fingers up in the air, mm -hmm. walk out and take that leap. So talk to me kind of behind the scenes, like as you're doing these things and taking these leaps of faith, mm -hmm. um, would you say that the things like an agent or manager, did they, did you pursue those parallel to the work or prior to the work? I think these are things actors think about a lot um, right. and they want to get these things first right but yeah so talk to me how the like the business side was working out for you while you were pursuing this so I I learned that if I put in the work first like if I booked all of these roles whether they were featured whether they were co-stars and the likes if I booked all of these roles on my own without an agent 
And the moment I got in front of an agent to talk about it, and they looked at my resume, it's like, you did all this by yourself? I mean, just imagine them looking at your, your work, looking at you and saying, I can actually work with this person because they're going to hit the ground running. Every audition I send to them, they're going to get it done and do it well. So it's, it's on us to do our part first. And I didn't pursue an agent at the time because I was more focused on, okay, all these opportunities are in front of me that I can submit myself for. Uh, once I got, once I learned about Actors Access and all these other sites, like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm going to submit myself for this one and this one and this one. And I was getting calls and I was booking roles. And the main thing, I say the main part of it all was my acting studio, all my training. That I put that above everything that I've submitted for because I had to learn how to audition. I had to learn how to pull certain feelings out of me that I did not want to show. And every actor has that, you know, we, there are things, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want that people to see that side of me, but that's what the role calls for. You know, that's our job. So working at this, I was at Margie Haber studios for um, over two years straight. I was in there once or twice a week, every day for over two years, because I just I wanted to learn more. And I was going up. So I started at the fundamental level, went to intermediate, went to advanced, and then went to master. And just learning throughout all those levels, the different instructors, it's like, okay, this is how the business works. I'm meeting people in my class who are series regulars who are telling me about how to go about getting an agent and a manager, who are introducing me to their managers and all, which I did end up landing one from an introduction. But in short, we have to do our part before we can say, oh yeah, I'm gonna get an agent so they can start submitting me for things. Well, do you know how to audition? Have you put in the work? Um, do you know where your strengths are? Do you know your weaknesses? I mean, it's there's a whole litany of things that you have to go through before getting an agent and thinking this is the, the next big step to booking the role. So take me through what a typical day looks like for you as a working actor. Okie dokie. So, <laughs> so Monday through Friday, I wake up between 3.15 and 3.30 a.m. And I prepare myself to go work out. And I work out roughly two hours a day, except Saturdays. Saturdays my longer days. But I'm working. I thought out. you were gonna say Saturday's my day off, and you're like, no, that's a long day. <laughs> I wish. No, Saturdays are my longer days. I'm just like, wow, okay, I've been in here for two and a half hours, but I take a hit class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday morning. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday is at 6 a.m. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I still do 40 minutes of cardio and I do uh, 55 to 60 minutes of lifting on my own. So this is my machine. This is my package. This is what they see first. You know, these are shots that are on all of my bios. So they ask the questions. And once I'm done with that, I come home, I eat breakfast. I do a lot of reading. I read about uh, productions that are in pre-production, post-production, and the likes. Just try to keep up with the news. I stay in training. I'm still going through the process of learning more about myself and, and the craft. And I do um, cybersecurity from home. So that pays the bills. 
<laughs> so that's, uh, that's pretty much the entire day for me. And do you spend part of your day still on Actors Access and looking no. up places to I submit? Don't. I don't because my agents are so good at it. I have the theatrical and television agent. I have a voiceover agent. I have a commercial agent and I have a manager. So if I were to submit myself for other things outside of what they're already sending me, I wouldn't have time to do anything else. So they, they do all the work for me on the submission side. And I'm grateful for it because these auditions are large. <laughs> yeah. So, so it sounds like you kind of progressed over time from um, kind of managing yourself, putting that, putting the work in, in your craft and who you are, your personal development. And then yeah. your team started to grow after that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really, that's really, you know, powerful to say, because a lot of times people focus on trying to get those things first rather than developing themselves. So right. let's, before we run out of time, I really want to jump to your article. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ABFF featured you um, with an article titled Shooting for the Stars, Veteran Actor Campaigns for Superhero Role. Dude, I have seen your reel on IG for the superhero role, superhero role, and it's amazing. It's so good. The brightest day, blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might Beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Thank you. Um, yeah, so talk to me, talk to us about what this role is and what does it mean to campaign for a role? Uh, the role is John Stewart. And he is one of many Green Lanterns. And those who know and those who don't know, the Green Lanterns are a large, it's like a Marine Corps in the universe, but there are so many of them. And they're from different galaxies and they've been chosen to be in this, this core to defend the galaxy wherever their help is needed. And John Stewart is, he was one of the ones who was recruited from Earth because he was so strong in nature. And he's a, um, a sniper and everything else. So the Green Lantern Corps asked him, he's like, look, if we bring you in, can you train our lanterns? And he's like, yes, you know, I, I will. You know, this is an honor and all. But um, in this core, you have those who wear a mask, you know, it's, that's the whole superhero thing. John Stewart's like, look, I don't need to wear a mask. They're going to see me coming. <laughs> and reading that story, I was like, that's like me. It's like, I don't need to wear anything. You know, they're going to see me coming. And it was September 10th, 2015. I remember I was sitting on the sofa and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and announce that I would like to audition for this role or even just maybe campaigns just to see what happens. And I put it on Facebook that afternoon. 
and I woke up the next morning and it had already been um, shared 15,000 times. And it, I had comments, I had thousands of comments and I didn't know how to take this. I was like, wow, okay, this is amazing. And you know, there were people who were like, well, who are you? And then others are like, you have a look, go for it. But in that time period, I've learned that uh, just putting yourself out there, just taking another leap of faith and you never know where it could lead. So that post on Facebook led to that reel that he saw, which led to um, articles that are written online about me, interviews, uh, articles still to this very day with ABFF. And it's been a blessing. It really has. It's been a blessing. And I, I can honestly say that um, DC Comics knows who I am. <laughs> the Warner Brothers knows who I am. So it's it could happen at any given moment. One thing that stood out to me when we, we spoke about this at uh, in Miami at ABFF, you said, I am trying to embody everything that the Green Lantern represents. I don't know if you remember that, but yep. you were listing off um, these characteristics of, of bravery and mm -hmm. honor, these things. And I was thinking, yes, that's what you're, you're exhibiting to me without even knowing the words that are wow. that what you're embodying. So that was, that was so powerful. It really impacted me just in general in my life to embody the things that I want to be. But when it comes to campaigning or putting yourself out there for mm -hmm. something, that you have chosen to own these characteristics and embody them within yourself. And they're actually there without, with me not even knowing all of these things before you even said all that, I, I could see those things in you. And okay. so you're welcome. And I, and I think it's also sounds like from your story, it's a conglomeration of your life experiences okay. and the faith leaps that you've taken like literally these things have been growing and developing in you even before this. It's like stepping into what you already are in a way. The campaign itself, because I don't think people knew that Dwayne Johnson campaigned for the role of Black Adam. Okay, so let's talk about that. So, mm -hmm. um, so let's dive more into what it means to campaign for something and what that actually looks like. Yeah, so it's campaigning is, it's almost like tossing your name in a hat and you're asking the production companies to consider you. It's like, consider me. Yeah, I know you have all these other people in mind. I know you want to, to vet to see who will fit this, but I'm also in the industry. I'm also putting in the work. I've done some work before that you can look at. Why not me? And Dwayne Johnson, I don't think people knew that uh, he campaigned for the role of Black Adam. And he did that years ago. And he talks about it. He's like, I did this many years ago. I campaigned for the role of Black Adam just to see if I could land it. And years later, here he is as Black Adam. So he's not the first. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be the last to land a really big role just from doing that. But it's also something as um as people we have to have the belief the faith and the courage to even put ourselves in certain places where others might say well you don't belong there or why not you know it's 
we go after different jobs in all different genres by submitting our resume. We don't wait for them to come to us. We don't call the office and say, you know, I'm going to toss my name in the hat. No, we put our stuff in front of them. It's like, I see you have this open position. Consider me, please. The role of John Stewart is open. Consider me, please. So, you know, it, it works hand in hand. It's just the way how we deliver ourselves in front of them is different. It sounds like you are staying ready so you don't have to get ready with the, the training that you're doing. And it's not just saying, you're saying, consider me and I can back it up. Oh, absolutely. With my training, my work, my embodiment of this character. Um, so as we finish up, I just want to um, ask you if there is any words of advice or encouragement you have for somebody who was in the position you were um, maybe just, you know, less than 10 years ago. Yeah, it's if you have something that you've been dreaming about and wanting to do and working towards, do it because you're gonna be in a position where it's gonna keep tugging at you. You won't be able to stop thinking about it. You're gonna see things around you that remind you of it. Um, it would probably wake you up in your sleep. And all these things will happen because you aren't working or you aren't um, taking that leap. You aren't going towards what you're being led to do. There are a lot of avenues to take to get to where we wanna be. A lot of those aren't the good places to go to, you know, to get ahead. But I believe there's a, a divine path, an ordained path that we've been led on and that we're on currently right now that will open the door wide to what we've been hoping and praying for and working for. So take that leap. Don't, don't wait. Trust me, the longer you wait, I, I feel like the more, not painful, but the more um, anxious you may become in the likes of, well, maybe I'm not ready yet. Yes, you are ready. Just keep going, going forward. You know, we, as babies, we, we didn't look up at our parents and like, mom and dad, I'm not ready to walk. We couldn't speak. <laughs> so we just got up on our feet and just started walking. And we started walking forwards. We fell backwards, but we jumped back up once we knew that, hey, you know what? I can do this. And we started walking some more. And then we started running. <laughs> so, you know, and that, that was the fun part for us. It's like, I can run now and you all can't catch me. But... Um, <laughs> You know, again, it's it's the whole the whole faith walk is where we need to be in any and everything, because I I promise you, the moment you do that, you're going to see so many things open up, and it's going to be mind blowing to an extent, but so worth it. Yes, and that's so wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I hope you all take it to heart and and apply that to your life. Where can we find you online and support your campaign? Yeah, you can find me on IG, Instagram, and Twitter under D-E-E-M-A-R-Q, and on Facebook under my name, D-E-M-A-R-K Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And if you Google my name with uh, John Stewart or Green Lantern in the search, I promise you'll see all these articles and things come up. Honestly, 
more than 90% of those, I didn't even ask for. I just woke up to them. It's like, wow, okay, they wrote an article about me. Oh, they're talking about me over here. I mean, it's, it's just been a blessing just to do that, just to get in front of them and for people to write something about you who believe in you and never met you at all in any way, shape, form, or fashion. That's wonderful. And I became one of those people too when I met you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Likewise, you're wonderful as well, oh, trust me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. So inspiring and encouraging. Thank you so much for your time today. And, you know, I, I just wish you all the best. I'll be praying for you and, and I'll be sharing. I'm going to share this reel with you all so you can see this and you can check out the articles <laughs> and just, you know, we'll keep going on this journey with you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, DJ. I appreciate you greatly. So that is another episode of Film for Impact. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I hope that you got some nuggets of wisdom and inspiration. I know I sure did. I just want to let you know if you are listening to this on, on an audio platform that you can also go over to YouTube and see the visual version of this podcast. And I suggest that you do because I threw in that picture of DeMarc throwing two fingers up in the air and saying goodbye. You got to see it. It's great. And also you can see DeMarc's trailer for his Green Lantern campaign as well. So I highly suggest you go on over to YouTube and check it out. I will link everything down below and put it in the show notes where you can find the information, where you can connect with DeMarc and as well as where you can connect with signing up for the Creative Spirit Letter, which I know that you will love. Thank you so much, and I will see you in the next episode of Film for Impact.